Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Um, this is Midnight Chats with me, Melina. Um, like I said, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to be doing this. I definitely feel like, especially with this first episode, that I have been through a lot and I never had really like a safe space or anywhere to really just like unleash everything that I was feeling or thinking and I really just wanted somewhere to kind of just let it all out, lay it out for everyone and yeah so first thing that I kind of want to go ahead and start with is one thing that I'm grateful for today and one thing that I could have done better today. So for the one thing that I am grateful for is my son. That little boy is my entire heart and soul and I would do anything and everything for him. So he is definitely something that I'm very grateful for. And one thing that I definitely could have done better today is just to be more understanding of the fact that not everybody is the same. Um, I have a really, really hard time with that, honestly, of not really realizing that other people have different mindsets and different ways that they view life than what I do so sometimes it's really really challenging for me to kind of not put my blinders on and be like well this is how I think it is and this was how you know I was raised and this is how I see the world and that's the only way to see it so sometimes it takes me a little bit to like kind of comprehend that other people were raised differently people have different values, morals, different ways that they see the world, so yeah, but that's definitely one thing that I, um, could have done better today. But before we hop into this episode, I want to go ahead and have a disclaimer. I am not a therapist by any means. I am literally just someone who needs a space to talk about life and the challenges and tribulations that you face, especially in my 20s and being a first-time mom and a young mom at that, um, there's just a lot that goes into that, um, as well as what today's episode is going to be about. Um, I want to go ahead and also put in there kind of a little bit of a trigger warning. We are going to be talking about um, the loss of a parent, so if that is something that is triggering to you, I would not continue to listen, but if it is something that you are also healing from or something that you kind of want to deep dive into with someone who has actually experienced something like that, um, you can obviously just go ahead and keep listening. So, um, First, obviously, I want to start off with what happened. So, one night, my 
father, my mother, and my brother and I had gone to, you know, my brother's soccer game, and we had left the soccer game to, I literally was getting a new phone, so we stopped at the phone store, got my phone, came home, and everything was all fine and dandy, there was nothing abnormal going on, and then we got home, and I had said good night to my dad and my mom because they were both going to sleep and I came into my room mind you at the time I am 17 and my brother is 15 so um they we went to bed and next thing I know my brother is coming into my bedroom and he's waking me up and he's saying Melina you need to get up mom call an ambulance for dad like you need to get up he's going to the hospital and in that time when he woke me up the first time I literally thought I was dreaming like I did not think that that was actually happening so I went back to sleep I was like okay and just because I was not awake when he told me so i don't know how much time has gone by but all i know is my brother comes back into my room and he's standing over me on my bed and he is like melina you need to get up we need to go like our dad is literally getting in an ambulance and he's going to the hospital so i get up panic is running through me i go into my parents bedroom And my mom is sitting on the bed with my dad's head in her lap. And she is in shambles, as one would be. So, she's in shambles. I am looking at her, looking at my brother, and I'm looking at the paramedic who is currently putting, like, a IV in my dad's hand. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, is he okay? Like, what are we doing? And I'm sitting on the bed. I'm looking at my dad and I'm asking my dad, like, are you okay? Are you okay? Estás bien? Like, what, like, what is going on? And at that point in time, like, he could answer me and he was like, no, like, my head hurts. Like, they're, you know, they're going to take me and it's going to be okay. And I said, okay. So eventually the ambulance comes in, the, um, paramedics come in with the stretcher and they put him on the stretcher they put him in the back of the ambulance and away we go we're following the ambulance to the hospital here in town and as we are behind this ambulance and we get there and we run in through the emergency room we're like okay like we need to know where so-and-so is where where they take him what's his room number like and so they get him in a room and he's not in that room for very long he um because obviously once they found out that it was a brain bleed they automatically were like okay we need to send him to the bigger hospital downtown and he needs to go there to get surgery so while all this information is getting relayed to my mother i am on the phone with my grandmother and my godmother My godmother is my dad's oldest sister, and then my grandmother is actually my dad's second oldest sister. And so, 
I called both of them and I was like, hey, like, this is what's going on. We're going to the hospital downtown. Um, you got, are you guys, you guys can meet us there, whatever, you know? And so, um, and then obviously we drove to the hospital in the downtown area and he went in for his brain surgery now at the time we we kind of knew i mean they basically just call it a brain bleed but we didn't really understand the full fledge of it um but he had an aneurysm in the of the brain and so obviously with that basically like one of his major veins in the lower part of his head had burst and he um obviously had a lot of bleeding in the head and so with that surgery because of the swelling of the brain they had to actually remove the i think it was the either top left or top right part of his skull in order to allow the brain to be pretty much swell give it room to swell so that eventually while it's healing the swelling will come down um so my father was actually in the icu for I want to say about two months. This happened in January of 2019. And in February, end of February of 2019, he um, then started getting transferred to um, rehab facilities to go ahead and help with, obviously, the effects of the aneurysm. He... um really wasn't until the second to last um it wasn't until the second to last rehab facility that they had informed us that he was left blind that he was paralyzed on his left side and that he was going to have to be on a pick line which is a feeding tube for the rest of his life and that he was also going to need assistance for the rest of his life so we collectively as a family after after having all of that information relayed to us he got transferred to one last care facility and mind you at this time my mom she is thankfully her work gave her you know all the time off that she needed to go ahead and handle this um family matter and me and my brother were actually still going to school i was in my senior year of high school so i still had my entire second semester of my senior year of high school to go through um and then obviously my brother was a sophomore in high school and so i was actually you know driving us back and forth from home to school from school to the hospital and then back home and that's kind of what our life looked like for two months while my father was in the icu and then obviously when he got transferred to this last um rehab facility my mom was able to come home because it was in a town that was like 10 15 minutes away 
So she was able to come home. So she was able to obviously, you know, stay with us and take care of us and, you know, still be there for my father. Um, but yeah, so during this last rehab facility, um, was when we collectively as a family made the decision to do hospice for my father. Now, the reasoning why we decided to do hospice for my father was because of not only had he prior and other rehab facilities, like he had been pulling his pick line out, he had been trying to climb out of the bed, like it had been a while that we thought that he was genuinely going to do something to hurt himself because he did not want to be that way and we all knew that so and the day that really like sealed the deal for me of that like we cannot keep doing this to him anymore was the day that I had gone in there and I was by myself my mom was in the waiting area with my brother and I had gone in there by myself and I sat there and I was talking to my dad and he goes and he grabs my hand and he turns his head towards me. Mind you, he's blind. So he, I think, just turned in my direction just to be facing me. And my father looked at me and he said, no mas. Which if you don't speak Spanish, no mas means no more. And in that moment, I knew it was my father asking me for it all to be over. And that was probably one of the hardest moments in my life. Because I know that there is absolutely not a damn thing on this earth that would ever make my my father not want to be here with us if there's one thing about my father that i can say it is that he loved me and my brother more than anything else in this world and he would lay himself down a thousand times if that's what it took to say it for me and my brother if that's what it took and so for him to look in my direction hold my hand and tell me that he doesn't want to do this anymore he doesn't want to be here anymore like i said that genuinely just like sealed the deal for me like i was like okay like i literally walked out of that room i looked at my mom and i was like we're done we need to be done with this i'm like he just looked at me and he said no more he doesn't want to do this anymore we're done so then that was when my family and i went through the process of hospice and thankfully that was a pretty simple process you know they just try and keep your loved one comfortable you call all of your loved ones everyone can spend as much time with them as they want until you know they take their last breath pretty much i will say that is definitely a sound that has stuck with me is like 
I laid next to my father and I had my head on his chest and just hearing, you know, his heart just like slow down and then get slower and slower until it eventually wasn't there anymore. That definitely was... It was, it was hard. It was hard. Um, but yeah, that's kind of primarily, I guess, just like a good summary of what happened. But what I was, well, we're going to talk about, I guess, obviously what I was feeling. In the beginning, I didn't really feel anything, but... Like, when my dad was here before the ambulance took him away, I didn't really have the feeling of anything in the moment. It was more or less pure shock, so my adrenaline kind of took over, and I kind of realized that, you know, my mom was in shambles, and my brother wasn't in shambles, but obviously he wasn't old enough to drive. So, one of us obviously had to drive all three of us to the hospital, so I kind of had to keep it together. But once we made it to the local hospital and they told us that they were transporting him and I called my godmother and my grandma, I just lost it. In that moment, I broke down and I just, I don't think I could ever really truly explain to you all of the thoughts and the feelings that were going through my head and even just my body like it literally felt like somebody grabbed my heart and ripped it out of my chest and then just stomped on it and just yeah I mean quite honestly there's really no words I mean I had lived almost 18 years with two parents and two very loving parents in a very I would say very healthy household and to go from these very I wouldn't say shielded but just very cared for children to all of a sudden like oh shit like our dad is gone like you know like we need to take care of mom now like she needs to be taken care of Um, We need to make sure she's okay. And. Yeah. I just. And also. I can't. Like I said. I didn't really get to feel too much. With having to go to high school. And graduate. Like, it genuinely took me a long time to kind of really process what was going on. And because I was still going to school every day, I only missed two days of school my senior year. And the two days that I missed were the two days after my dad had passed away. And I definitely think I, like, collectively held myself together pretty well just because of the pure fact that 
Like, nobody at my school knew that I was going through that. I remember I did a TED Talk on... It was for my senior English class, and I remember I did a TED Talk on why you should tell people that you love that you love them and more often than you think and uh my closing statement literally was a picture of my family at our new year's eve party that we do every year at my uncle's house and it was starting from left to right it was my brother my dad my mom and me and it was a picture of all four of us and I looked everybody in the eyes in that class and told them, please, if you love someone, please don't forget to tell them. Tell them in the morning, tell them at night, tell them randomly throughout the day that you love them. Because that picture is the last family picture that I have. I will always, always, always thank God and whoever else that the last thing I said to my father before he went to bed that night was, I love you. And that really gives me a weird sense of peace. That that genuinely was the last thing that I said to my father while he was conscious. And I feel like a lot of people... Like I said, you get upset with people and you get angry at family and you get... And you don't say I love you. Genuinely, what I've learned from this entire experience is that you're not promised tomorrow. That's one thing that I've learned is you are not promised tomorrow by any means whatsoever. But that also means that your brother is not promised tomorrow. Your mother is not promised tomorrow. Your niece, your nephew, your cousins, your, you know, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas. Like, nobody is promised tomorrow. So tell them that you love them. Like, it's three words. Three words, it takes you two seconds. If that, I love you. And I really, and if, like I said, heaven forbid, you know, something happens, it definitely makes it a lot easier. But kind of banking off of how that obviously has changed my outlook on life i definitely learned like i said to say i love you that the small arguments and the petty shit that you want to argue about it really doesn't matter it genuinely does not matter in the end if you're not still going to be upset about it in 10 minutes fucking get over it get over it it's fine move on Like, I just, there's so many people, and I understand that some things are just unforgivable, right? Like, I understand that some things are just unforgivable. It's just, 
there's a line and it definitely shouldn't be crossed but there are definitely petty petty freaking things that i know that people don't forgive other people for and it's like and again this is just a mindset thing that i was raised with but your family is your family gosh darn it like get over it they could be in the freaking grave you could be attending their funeral in a week and you're still upset about the time they said something about you when they were mad or blah 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 blah, blah. like oh my gosh it just drives me freaking insane when people are like that especially like it drove me insane beforehand because like i was always taught that like your family is your family no matter what so just fucking get over it but now it irritates me even more because it's like i don't have my father anymore like i would literally kill at the chance to even just have him get after me even for me to just go and do something wrong just so he could be here to just yell at me so i also learned that i need to say yes to more things because i am definitely sometimes a real big homebody and i don't like to go out i don't like to experience things i'd okay let me rewind it's not that i don't like to experience things i love to experience things it's just (laughs) finding the energy and the right people because if for me personally if the right people are not there i will not be going and i just i don't know i'm not one to like really like to make new friends or talk to new people or that's just that's just not my vibe i'm not i'm not the one (sighs) but i do have to remind myself that life is too short and that's another reason why i started this podcast because life is too fucking short and i was like fuck it i'm gonna do it and thankfully i have a really really supportive boyfriend that loves me very very much who was like yeah you should do it if you want to do it you should do it so here we are one thing also another outlook change is that therapy is fucking phenomenal okay and i'm not saying that therapy is for everyone right therapy is not for everyone it really takes a specific person to go to therapy take what you learned in therapy and actually use it also you have to find the right therapist like you can't just be talking to no joe schmall on the side of the road like whatever it is like you literally have to find like a legit therapist okay but i me and my boyfriend had a point where we took a break and it really first of all shot not only shocked me we had been together for almost four years at that point and he you know stepped away and was like i can't do this anymore and i was like okay pump the brakes like what is going on so when he did that i actually then started going to therapy because i had realized that a lot of the things that had been going on and had been you know just going wrong in our relationship there for a while 
I learned was just a lot of untouched turmoil underneath. Um, but yeah, I was definitely raised in a household where it was like therapy. Like we don't, we don't do therapy. We don't talk to people about our problems. Like what happens in the house stays in the house. Like you don't go around telling people shit. Like, and so, which I still go by, like, I don't tell obviously a bunch of people my business, but I mean, obviously I'm telling you guys, but that's, this is a little different. This is a few years now, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I went to therapy and I got some tools to kind of help with, you know, dealing with the fact that my father is no longer here, with dealing with the fact that he won't be here, you know, for big events. I mean, my son was born for this year, March of this year, and my father wasn't there. And, you know, um, when I get married, he won't be there to walk me down the aisle. Um, When I buy my first house, he won't be there to help me move my things. When I move into my first apartment, he's not going to be there to help me move my things. He's, you know, I don't play soccer anymore, but, you know, if I were to continue playing soccer, he's not, you know, I'm not going to have my coach on the sidelines whistling at me yelling at me telling me what to do um so yeah I just like I said learn to tell the people that you love that you love them life's too fucking short to be pissed about the petty shit (sighs) therapy is okay it is okay to do therapy if you personally feel like you need therapy go do therapy. I know it's not easily accessible for everybody, but if you have the option and you feel like you need it, take it. Don't let anybody tell you that you're fucking crazy because, listen, if they want to see crazy, not going to therapy can cause you to go crazy. If you need therapy, take it. And one thing that my dad always lived by that I really learned after he passed away was the fact of living every day like it's your last day. My father lived his life with absolutely no regrets. Granted, in the long run, it ended up with him having a million health problems because he lived his life like there was no tomorrow. So, you know, but really, when you think about it, Again, you're not promised tomorrow, so it's like, if you want to do something, just fucking do it. You want to take that vacation? Trust me, you will work again, and you will get that money back. It is not the end of the world. But... I thought my child woke up for a second. But yeah, just do what you want, live your life. And I kind of want to walk you guys through grieving all of the first because that's kind of a big question that I get a lot of the times when I, you know, tell people that my father has been dead for four years is 
you know, how did you make it through? So he passed away on Easter of 2019. So obviously the first Easter without him, not great. Um, then obviously we get into May, which obviously Mother's Day is in May. So for my mom, it was getting through her first Mother's Day without my dad. In June is the first Father's Day without my dad. And that one, that one was a lot. That one was, because we used to always, always, always take a picture with my dad before Father's Day. And that picture my mom would take and she would go to the store and she would get it printed onto a shirt for my dad. So not doing that felt really, really weird. Um, but obviously, you know, we didn't take a picture. My mom did take a picture of me with my dad's urn. She asked me if I wanted to, and I said, you know what? I will take a picture with my father's urn for you, mom, because I know that she kind of needed that a little bit. So I took a picture with it for her specifically. But yeah, so then obviously after Father's Day, it was first 4th of July without him. And then July is also my parents' wedding anniversary and my mother's birthday is also in July. So that was, those were two hard ones. My brother's birthday is in August. September, there's not really too much, but then we get into October, and we throw an annual Halloween party at my house every single year, every single year since before I was born. My father and my mother have always thrown a Halloween party. Now, Halloween, I would say next to New Year's, is my dad's favorite holiday. And I, me and my mom were going back and forth about, are we even going to do, like, a Halloween party? Like, what are we going to do? Well, we ended up doing a Halloween party because I was like, you know what? My dad would have wanted us to do a Halloween party. He would want us to, you know, bring the family together and, you know, throw a party like we usually do. So we did. And we had a blast. We sang a bunch of songs that, because we always do karaoke, and we sang a bunch of songs that my dad loved, we danced to a ton of songs that my dad loved, and it was all in all a good experience. But I won't lie, those, those firsts, they can be, they can be rough, and they just hit you out of nowhere. It goes from, oh, I'm okay, you know, like, just kind of getting through the day, rocking through the motions, and then it goes, Haha, just kidding, and it hits you like a truck, and then you're sobbing in your bathroom. Um, mm, the other thing that was really hard was obviously I had graduated high school that year, and so my open house that summer, that was rough, because 
my mom, she had asked me to clean out our bathroom because we were going to have guests. Obviously, we had the open house in my front yard. And I remember moving some of, like, my dad's stuff into the drawer of the kitchen, or of the bathroom counter. And I don't know why, but seeing, like, his stuff and physically taking it from one part of the bathroom to the other and literally just putting it in the drawer made me fucking lose it. I lost it in that bathroom that day. I sobbed, I screamed, I cried, I... Any emotion that I probably could have felt in that moment, I felt it. I took whatever it was that was in the drawer and I grabbed it and I chucked it at the mirror and I just backed up into the bathroom door and just let my back slide down the door and I'm on the floor and I'm just sobbing. I mean, and at that point my dad had been gone for two months. So that was, that was a doozy, I will say so. Um, But kind of touching on the therapy thing again, I kind of, not only did my boyfriend kind of leaving me really like kind of like click in my head like, oh shit, like there's, you know, there's deeper shit going on in here that I really need to get under control. Um... But also, I kind of realized I need therapy when a similar situation happened to somebody else's family member. And I remember I would sit in my car and just scream and just ask why. Because that other person's family member ended up okay. Which I am so thankful and so blessed that their family member is okay because I would never ever want somebody to lose their family member but in the moment my dad had only been gone for not even five months and I am sitting in my car screaming why like why my dad why why take my dad and not you know this other person which sounds really shitty to say but in the moment like that is what I felt like it literally felt like my entire world was crumbling And when I kind of took a step back and realized that I was almost wishing the same thing that was going on with me onto somebody else, that was another big red flag that I was like, yeah, you need to go to therapy, girl. You need to get this shit figured out. Like, that is not okay. So, yeah, that was, that was definitely kind of a tough realization. to kind of start to wrap things up now that I've kind of chatted your ear off for the last almost 45 minutes. Um, I really just want to say that I hope this episode finds the right people. And if you've ever experienced a type of loss in your life, my heart really does go out to you. And I'm here to tell you that the pain never goes away and if anybody tells you that the pain goes away they're lying to you because my dad has been gone for four years and i tell you what 
if I really sit here and think about it for a while, that shit will break me. But with the years, it, the intensity of it definitely doesn't hit you as often as what it used to. The intensity will subside and one day you'll go from feeling like you're drowning every single day to every six months or, you know, you'll have a random day on a Tuesday where you're just like, I can't fucking take it. But it, in that sense, it will get better. You won't cry every day. You won't, you'll, you'll find ways to cope and you'll be able to get most of your life back so just just hang in there you know i'm not gonna say there's a light at the end of the tunnel but the tunnel definitely isn't pitch black but now i just want to go ahead and share three food for thought journal prompts with you Um, This was something that really, really helped me during therapy to kind of really dig in and see what is going on up in here, you know, but um, you're more than welcome to go ahead and write them down and do them with me. I'm going to write them down, but um, I'm not obviously going to show you guys my answers, but I'm definitely going to write them down and then I'll post them on Instagram just in case you don't want to listen to this entire podcast to um get to the three journal prompts and you just want the journal prompts i'll post them on instagram um so the first one is what's one thing you'd like to you'd like others to remember about you at the end of your life so one thing i definitely want others to remember me for at the end of my life is the amount of love that I have given people like I want every single person to know when I am on my deathbed that I truly truly loved them to the capacity that I could love them um if you could hug one person who would you hug obviously for me the one person who I could hug if I could hug is my father There are definitely times in my life where I still need a hug. I'm still a daddy's girl at heart. And there are definitely some days where his hug is much needed. Um, And what is the most defining moment of your life thus far? I definitely would say thus far the most defining moment of my life is when I became a mother. Now, I know that has nothing to do with this episode, but when I became a mother, that was, like, sealed the deal. Like, it just, that is who I am. I am a mother now. And, yeah, that's how I live my life, and (laughs) that's what's most important to me. But I just want to say to end on a good note, because I know that this episode was heavy, like very heavy, um, I want 
my therapist always used to ask me what at the end of every session what three things i was always looking forward to the next week and so i want to go ahead and ask you guys on youtube on instagram when i post the journal prompts to go ahead and leave me three things that you guys are looking forward to um in the upcoming week and then the other thing that my therapist used to always do is she always used to leave me with a quote to kind of sit with and think about and so for your guys's quote i went ahead and picked what we once enjoyed and deeply loved we can never lose for all that we love deeply becomes part of us and that is actually a quote from helen keller so again just to wrap things up here i really really want to say thank you for tuning in and even bothering to listen to me and i hope to see you all next week for another midnight chat take care guys